Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. Billy Corgan and Kim Borden and Thurston Moore doing a voice in the sense. Yeah. I was like, I want to know the context. So I watched that episode. And I do, I like everything that I've watched. But I just don't, yeah. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Homer Simpson, Smiling Politely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the one. Of course. Oh, you really, you really are a fan of this? I'm a huge can fan. I have another, can I have another? Of course. Cake? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Okay, sorry. Got a little, got a little emotional there. Um, this is really good cake. Mm-hmm. It's well, well picked. Excellent choice. It's, I gotta tell you, at my job, mm-hmm. the riff and the, the melody for heavy, heavy is like <laughs> embedded in my skull. Really? Yeah, it's in my head right now. There's a lot of people that have told me. I think one of my favorite messages that I got about, and I've gotten a, like a lot of really nice feedback on heavy heavy but there was one person that was basically like and it, there was no preface to this message it wasn't like a hey like just heard your stuff blah, blah, blah. it literally was like i fucking hate my job and heavy heavy is the only thing that like helps me get through the day and i was like i get that like as it like totally removed from being the person who wrote the song i was like i fucking get that bro like yes thank you for saying that mike are we rolling are we rolling perfect oh we are <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh we we have begun i think um, i think that's great that you think of your music like that because um, there's a relatability there. Your music can connect to people like that. Yeah, I mean, I think my kind of thing on it is always like once I release it and once it's not mine anymore, it's not mine anymore. Mm. And I kind of used to, it's not that it bothered me, but like I used to, I get very emotionally connected to songs as people do. And like when artists would kind of be like, no, that's not what that means or no, that's not, or oh, I didn't really care about this song or blah, blah, blah. Like sometimes the artist's opinion, not always, but sometimes I feel like the artist's opinion on it kind of ruins the song because you want you want to hear it the way that you want to hear it. Like, it doesn't belong to me anymore. Like, it's always going to mean what it means to me, you know, and I'm, I'm going to always have wrote it for the reason that I wrote it. Um, but it's it's really cool to hear, like, other people's interpretation and, like, when they listen to it, like, what it means to them and that that's, like, my, like, not my, but that person's, like, fuck work song. Yep. Like, I have a job I like now, but I used to have a job I fucking hated. And it was just that grind and that, like... Day, like every day just like staring into the void you know working my retail job you know acting like i don't have a brain in my head it's it fucking sucks and like if i can put a you know a riff to that <laughs> feeling like sure like that's that's all you and that's you know yours let's set stage here it's level 35 of my little underground i'm peter a and you could subscribe on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and of course, PeterARadio.com. <laughs> and on YouTube, just search My Little Underground. And it's all all there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Peter underscore A. And on, I said Twitter and Instagram, yes, it's Peter underscore A. I'm <laughs> scatterbrained this morning. Follow my show. My Little Underground, Twitter, Instagram, at MLUPOT, and on Facebook as well. Search My Little Underground. We're having cake for breakfast with Mia of Pom Pom Squad. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Pass the cake first. Okay, sorry. The reason why we're having... I'm the cake. Yeah. I just don't want to, like... I don't know. I I, I always, like... Do you experience ASMR? Is that a thing? Like, when you hear, like, those videos, it, like, makes you feel tingly? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but you don't, like, you don't experience it. I've never experienced See, I, like... For some reason... I don't experience ASMR, and it's not even that I like like or dislike it in any way. It just makes me so viscerally uncomfortable that I wouldn't. I don't want to. I don't want to provide that experience for somebody by like eating cake in there. Well, no, I remember I was helping my friend with a radio show, and I was like eating like cookies in their ear, and I just saw him cringe so like violently, and he was like, "You have to listen to what you're doing right now." And so I put the headphones on like as I was eating, and it was like the most appalling, Very most appalling noise. Yep. Yeah. No. Never again. I had a similar experience. Okay. When I was in college. I was um, a guest on a friend's radio show, and I was chewing gum, mm. and it was a very unpleasant sound. Oh, God. And the host told me, yo, Peter, you better stop. Stop chewing gum. Mm-hmm. He said it more friendly than that. He's like, yo, you gotta stop. <laughs> and it sounded terrible. I was listening. I'm like, He's wait like, a minute. Peter, you must stop. stop. <laughs> Almost like stop that. Yeah. And we're literally having cake for breakfast. We we're eating cake right breakfast. now. Because yeah. it was your birthday. It was. So uh, how old are you turning? Or did you I, turn? I turned 22. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? Nothing happens. I'm 25. You're 25. Okay. I'll be 26 in a month's time. In a month. Okay, yeah. cool. So really soon. Yeah. I have yeah. to fish for insurance now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. My my girlfriend just turned twenty five and has to do that, and it just I'm so excited to not have to do that. So I'm sorry. It's coming. I'm so excited to not do something. It's coming yeah. fast. I I mean yeah. I feel like I don't know. I'm I I kind of just didn't have any concept of what it would be like to be twenty two. I don't feel any different. I feel like twenty one was kind of like yeah, and then twenty two. I actually had a really amazing birthday. I had a great birthday. We played a show um, at Our Wicked Lady and. A lot of people came, and it was just like it was on a rooftop. It's a summer night. It was hot and fucking disgusting, but it was just like such great energy, really great people. I never had like birthday parties growing up, really, and like I had a couple, but it was like you know, as like an adult, I've like never had a, like a birthday party. And everyone in my band and my friends like made an effort to make it like really, really special. It was great, and I splurged bought a guitar and I named it Twenty Two. So that's a great birthday. Yeah, it was. Re- it was a really good one. I mean, it's like I love playing shows, and and so I was kind of like, all right, if I could spend, you know. Like a hot like holidays or anything like that, like doing something I love. Why like why shouldn't I? Let's play a let's play a fucking show. Play a show. I was gonna go to that show. Oh, but I went to another show. Oh, you did, and you <laughs> yeah. didn't say hi. I went to see Sir Baby Girl that night. Oh, I think that was that. Night. Oh, yeah. oh, was it on the sixteenth? Sixteenth, July sixteenth. No, where I, was, Sir there was Baby something Girl? else? No, um, no, Sir Baby Girl's on a different date. Oh, yeah. Oh, that so was... you just didn't come? No. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to go. But the thing is, uh, yeah, I work in Manhattan. Okay. So getting to Brooklyn is not difficult. Oh, but it's not, it's not easy. Difficult. No, it's not, it's not that it's not easy. It's just like I'm exhausted yeah. after work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I have to come to a, a pom-pom show. Oh, yeah, you should. We, we have a go. fun show. I like, well, I do the same thing as I, I had to actually went from my office job to my show that night. Yeah. So I, I have to do that a lot. And it's like an hour commute from Manhattan, like from where I am in Manhattan to Brooklyn. And it's not fun. So... Mm-hmm. So you you pass this time. I'll give you that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Just this time. Yeah. Just the one time. No, because I was going to uh, I was doing something in Brooklyn. I was having oh I was having dinner with a friend coming from Manhattan mm-hmm. and riding the L train. Uh-huh. L- likely story. It mm-hmm. was. Oh. I wanted to die. It was terrible. Yeah. Terrible Uh-oh. experience. Because it was so unbelievably crowded, and I just couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? Oh. It, was so, it was so bad. Yeah, I was me. on a train on uh, in Herald Square, and it was like. I think this was one of my worst train experiences is I literally was, like, sandwiched between two bodies and then, like, my one shoulder was, like, on the door and then my other shoulder was, like, on a person and I just was, like, deep breathing. I was just, like, okay. I was, like, we're just, uh, just going to be on the train. Like, I had to, like, I was, like, talking to myself. I had to, like, recite my mantras and stay calm. I mean, just, like, I have a, a ton of anxiety and living in Manhattan and, or not living in Manhattan, but living in Brooklyn and commuting from Manhattan is, like, a test of my, it's, I'm just getting stronger every day. Right, it's a test of my strength. Yeah, yeah. But what I don't understand is mm-hmm. you have a lot of anxiety. Yeah, you live in the boroughs. Yeah, you come from Florida. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I I grew up in a bunch of places. I was born on Long Island, and then lived Represent. in Detroit, Long Island. Yeah, and then uh, Detroit, Michigan, and then uh, I was in Florida from the time I was in like maybe eighth grade to twelfth grade. So most of my like formative teenage years, I was in Florida. Um, but yeah, now I'm in. Um, BK, bitch. <laughs> but there's something really uh, stressful about Florida too. Um, mm. Their gun, their gun laws are pretty loosey goosey. You know, <sighs> so it's scary. And I'm going to Florida soon too. Oh yeah, I mean, and I'm just scared of the South because oh, it's you know what I mean. Place. I mean, any uh, any conversation about gun laws today is like so heartbreaking. It's just like you just want to vomit in your mouth. A little I, bit, right? I this morning I kind of finally gave myself permission to, like, read about what happened in El Paso, and it was, like, horrifying. And then there was another shooting last night. I mean, when I was in Orlando... Florida's a funny place, because... Oh, yeah. It's the South, but I was in Central Florida, so I was in Orlando, like, 15 minutes from Disney, and it's very different. I got family out there, so... Do you really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very different than, than, like, deep deep Florida, but it's still, like, a really fucking weird place, yeah, Yeah. and it was, you know, it was a really sleepy town, like, when I was a teenager, I don't don't think I, 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 like, kind of taught myself to appreciate it, but I think as an adult, actually, I, I miss the suburbs a little bit, there's, there's a part of me that's kind of like, I want that quiet, and I want that, you know, takes 30 minutes to get everywhere so you do two things in a day max you know and when i'm in brooklyn it's like i have to go here i have to do this i'm gonna meet this person like i like block up 30 minute time slots of like oh i'm gonna see this friend for 30 minutes and then i go somewhere else like it's like ridiculous like you're you're maximizing your time to such an intense degree so florida 
Major pros and cons. Major, major pros and cons. Lots of baby gators everywhere. So many people's pools. Lizards. Liz- oh, my God. Lizards. So many li- And they always are, like, doing little tiny push-ups. Have you ever, have you ever noticed this about yeah. the lizards in Florida? Is the little push-ups they do? They just kind of hang out on the side of the wall for, like, hours. They're you don't even notice them. They're chilling. Like, yeah, I love them. They're, so, they're, they're cuties. They're little sweet guys. A lot of armadillos, actually. I used to walk my dog and... and I remember my dog got really close to this armadillo, and I first I was like, "Oh my god, an armadillo!" And then I was like, "Oh my god, get my dog!" Like, you know, they they're so docile, but if you get near their belly, they just like, you know, they I'm gonna have some and, more cake. Yeah, do it, and they like curl up into a little ball and get all spooky, and they're like, I knew a guy who had, had like a scar on his finger from an armadillo like closing its its shell on him. So I worried about my my pup. There's lots of weird animals in Florida. Yeah. You came to New York for schooling? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I came here to. Go to New York University. New York What's University. That? What's uh, that like? It was, what was that like? Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, I I like, I like you just pass me this cake on instinct. You're like, yep, this is yours now. I um, I actually came here to act, which is a hilarious, hilarious past life. Of mine. I did some acting too, but go ahead. Did you? Yeah. What, what did you do? No, you, you go first. No, me? Okay. Yeah, you go first. And um, I'll tell you. But I'm, I'm eating cake right now. Oh, right. Okay, so now I'll yeah, tell the story. So know. two years ago. There's a filmmaker who lives in Valley Stream, mm-hmm. and he's the man. His name is Anthony. He's very, very smart, very intelligent. He f- does films on his iPhone, and mm-hmm. they come out really well. So he's currently working on a movie about a drag racing, mm. right? And he asked me, because of my broadcasting experience, to be a play-by-play announcer for it. Mm. That's what I did. You that was my role. voice for that. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily acting, because I was kind of in my element, but not really, because it's about drag racing, and I know dog shit about drag racing <laughs> so i was but i wasn't in my element i feel like acting like have you watched euphoria yet everyone's talking about no it. i haven't seen show. it yet i watched two episodes of it when i like um, my roommates one of my roommates john who's a photographer and he's like just always around brooklyn has his friend and they always come over and watch euphoria together on sunday nights which is very cute um and i just one day like was just kind of sitting and watching an episode and like all of the actors on it are at, like a lot of them are actors but a lot of them are like models and it's like their first time acting and they, it's so natural. It's so naturalistic. And they become these kind of, like, breakout, you know, stars. Some of them. And, like, some of them haven't acted before. And I think it's kind of just secretly, like, I've been watching interviews because I find that stuff so fascinating. And they're talking about how kind of, like, the script was, so, like, molded to their stories. And, like, one of the girls on it was talking about how this really intense scene she had to do, like, she was just so exhausted that she just kind of, like, did it. And I feel like that's kind of secretly what acting is. Like, I feel like that's what I didn't really understand when I was acting, especially when you're young and especially because of the types of, like, TV shows that are on now. Like, a lot of it is, like, being, like, slightly in your element and then, like, convincing yourself, like, oh, yes, I'm, but I'm, I do know about drag racing, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, being, like, being a broadcaster. I had this friend who said something to me that I was so fucking offended by when I was an actor because of the, like, fucking gross self-righteousness of, like, acting and, like, the work and, like, all of that, you know, dumb shit. (laughs) She was like... And she was a, a bitch. No, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I just remember one of my old acting friends who were all who were interesting people was like, um, you know, I feel like you're not going to really be like you'll, you'll be an actor, but you'll be more of like a personality. So you'll do movies about like punk rock and like blah, 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 blah. And at the time I was just like, like, fuck you. Like I was like, I'm training to do this thing. Like, why should I just be in movies about like being a fucking punk or whatever and then now like that i'm like music is my main focus i'm like yeah you know what fucking throw me in a movie about being a punk it'll be the easiest job of all time you know what i mean and like what's what's wrong with that like what's wrong with like using part of your personality to do that fucking thing i've such i have such feelings about acting yeah it was a it was a rough time for me i mean it was just um yeah I, i came to new york and you know, when I came to New York to act, I was I was still a little bit in this place of just like, is this really what I want? And, you know, why am I doing this? And I think I went in really not knowing why I was doing it. And um, I loved the plays. Like, I actually loved the material that I was doing. Um, you did plays. I did, yeah. I yeah. was doing, like, mostly, like, modern realism, like Chekhov. And, and then we also did, like, Shakespeare. And uh, I, lo- I love and I loved doing Shakespeare. I, I had amazing an amazing Shakespeare teacher. Um and then, yeah, and we were, you know, I was doing, like, Three Sisters and, like, uh, fucking, what's the, like, All My Sons. Like, all of those kind of classic, play, you know, plays, like, capital P, classic plays. Um, and I, I, there were things that I really liked about it and I learned a lot. But I think mostly, like, I, I mean, one of my favorite comments that I love to tell people is that somebody was, like, my, te- my professor was, like, yeah, you'll probably be relatively successful for an actress of color. And I was, like... 
okay. You know, like, I was just like, one, you're here, you're here to teach me. Like, I don't really need your opinion about how relatively successful I'll be based on what I look like. Um, I was like, like, can you teach me something? You know what I mean? Like, teach me something. Like, if I'm doing something, if I'm missing something, just teach me. So there were a lot of interesting, like, there were a lot of things I liked about it. There were a lot of things I didn't like about it. Um, And then I just remember, like, one of the saddest moments of, of my acting careers like when I decided you know I transferred halfway through college to the music school um at NYU and I you know missed all the deadlines to apply and and was freaking out and was just like please get me the fuck out of here and I, I just was like I need to go um and luckily um I went to Clive Davis they you know they were kind of like listen you know we can take your application but if there's no room like no matter if we like you or not like if there's no room you can't get in like you missed all the deadlines um and then Somebody dropped, and they were like, "We we like you, like we want you to come to the school." And so I did. You auditioned. And I yeah, I had to yeah, I had to like apply, and you know, it wasn't like a proper audition the same way that like you do for acting school. It was like you do like a video submission, you submit like a couple songs, they ask you some questions about the songs. Um, it's like not quite like a, I know like with the um, music tech program or whatever, you have to do like a an audition tape and all this crazy stuff. It, was, it wasn't like that at all. But um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I remember like. The last day that I we did this like final play and it was like one of my favorite plays actually and it was like somehow symbolically the first play I ever did and also the last play that I might ever do I don't know um, and I like was so obsessed with being like the best when I was there like I was totally that kid who was just like I needed everyone's approval I needed everyone to think that I was you know so talented and that I deserved I needed validation that I like deserved to be there basically um, and I finally like was like fuck it like I don't care and I did this play and it was like a grueling process and my director like every day was like like it was like somebody took a shovel and was just like shoveling my chest and shoveling my chest and I would literally like get on the floor and start crying and and my director would like get on the floor with me and be like okay you have to get up and, and do this scene again like if like it was very like the cl- like whiplash like not on my tempo you know what I mean next like do it again do it again like a softer version of that but it, that's what it felt like for me at the time um and I went into like my final panel with all of my professors and they were like you know, you had one of the best performances of, like, anyone in your class. You know, they, they finally said the thing that I wanted to hear, which was, like, you were the best. And then they were, like, so what, you know, we would really like it if you came back next semester and continued to be in the program. Like, what's your plan? And I was, like, well, I'm actually going to go to music school. And I remember they all got really quiet. And then one of them was just, like, oh, what do you play? Like, they had no idea that I even, like, played guitar, you know, or anything. So it was a, it was very dramatic. And, you know, it was, like, it's, like, if I had to make a movie about it it would be one of those like glossy like teen dramas like to me it looks like this like gritty like film but it would probably just all be very silly um (laughs) but yeah and then I then I went to music school and just finished that up and that was a much more positive experience for me so what's your background my background like like your family your family background like what's my ethnicity uh yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I'm black Puerto Rican and Polish (gasps) Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so am I, minus the Polish. Oh, really? Yeah. You're black and Puerto Rican? Mm-hmm. Funny. Yeah, Haitian on my mom's side, Puerto Rican on my dad's side. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I love when people ask me questions like that because I love fucking with people. Um, so, like, I, I, someone was like, I think, I think actually you were like, what's your last name? And I was like, it's Polish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I love answering like that and just for people to just be like, Okay, you know, and you like I've, I mean, you've probably seen this too. Like you watch them try to like reframe reframe the question. Mm-hmm. It's like, but like, where are your parents from? Like, where? But like, what? What race? Because you they? can't say what are you. Yeah, you can't say that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's like it's always you know, it's always a different thing. Like some people obviously are are of nothing but pure intention, but you know, I just love to make people squirm. A yeah. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, heavy heavy is is kind of like rooted in your uh, history with depression. Yeah. Right. So how did you get out of that uh, funk? Of that depression. If you I mean, if you're out of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it it comes and goes. You know. I think as a person who, you know, depression is a pretty regular part of my life. It's it's kind of like, you don't know when the episode's gonna happen. You know, nothing can be wrong. I mean, it's it's funny. I got really depressed actually this past week, and like nothing but good stuff has been happening. Um, it's been like an amazing week. Connie Suckle just came out, and their the response to that has been really great but like my depression is just like what up bitch like how you doing you know like it's just this very like it's just this like shitty pervasive voice and depression you know, just comes and gives you cake it just comes and gives it just comes delivers you, go, you sweetheart. a cake and it's like chocolate hey, cheesecake here you go honey speaking like, of which thought you need cake. another couple hours in bed <laughs> yeah here you go <laughs> this is just gonna be a, a pass the cake interview with yep. me and peter um 
how did I get out of that? I mean, to be honest, writing the EP was a huge part of that particular episode was, you know, was really difficult. And it was, um, I wrote, I wrote all of the songs from this EP that's coming out last summer, pretty much. And it was right before I met all of my current bandmates. And, um, I was back home in Florida and just feeling really down. You know, I think living in Brooklyn and, and living in probably big cities in general, like your anxiety, you, you're just kind of forced to not feel things. I feel like I don't really finish thoughts when I'm here because it's always like you have to be so alert. And I, you know, I'm always like going to work, going home, going to do something at home, going to like doing this, doing that, going to a show, going to practice. You know, it's like I feel like I never have time to just like sit with myself and, and think. So I feel like usually I write best when I'm, you know, away or when I don't have any obligations or any responsibilities. And, um, yeah, that episode was, like, a, a particularly bad one. And, uh, I, like, writing those songs was really what helped me and, and kind of forcing myself to, like, put a narrative to it and put words to it. And, you know, when I wrote Heavy Heavy, I actually didn't like the lyrics. And I, I sent them to my best friend, and I was like, I think these are too simple. Like, I was just like, it's a little on the nose. You know, does it feel too literal? Because um, I tend to be very heady when I'm writing. And she was just like, no, it's it's honest and, you know... It's like it really is that easy. Like depression is it says the same things to me over and over and over again. And it's just kind of like being I have a friend um, named Rachel who's in a project called Mima Good who is heavily therapized and I love her for it. And she uh, taught me this kind of coping mechanism of like talking to your depression and talking to your like anxiety and talking to, you know, these feelings like they're they're children because it's kind of like they are. They're these like scared voices that you you know you've held on to for a long time and they're telling you like you know nothing's ever gonna be like you know you like you the person like Mia the person is like I don't feel so good and maybe things are a little tough right now and then that the scared the scared child is like what if things are tough forever like what if nothing's ever gonna be okay you know what I mean and it's just talking to that voice and she always starts it with like a like you know hi depression she calls them her basics she's like basics I need your you know your full attention and your loving cooperation and just to literally talk to it and be like you know, I've, you're scared, but I need you to, you know, chill for a minute while I'm, like, doing this doing this podcast. Or, like, you know, I just want to hang out with my friends for, for a little while. You know, you're, you're, you've been doing great. Like, keep up the good work. Like, it's a very, it's, like, a very weird little thing. But it's, like, you, there's just, you know, it's an illness. And it's, like, you just have to kind of teach yourself things to to stop it from becoming the, you know, the greater voice, you know? So are you diagnosed with anything? Um, I mean, I don't really feel comfortable talking about that, like, on air That's fair. Uh, but yeah i mean it's 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 just it's just stuff it's stuff i deal with you know i i um tend to go into very bad depressive episodes and um i have pretty bad anxiety um but yeah i mean i'm not i'm not on like medication or anything at the moment you know i'm i'm something that i'm thinking about it's like it's hard because these these conversations are things that i obviously want to be open about but it's also like there's there's a it's a balance of just like being really open in my music and saying what i need to say in my music and then in my life like saying what i can and what makes me feel comfortable you know yeah, yeah. i understand yeah well let me tell you something i watched an incredible documentary mm-hmm. from showtime showtime sports produced it this uh play-by-play announcer very very successful and very uh, talented one mauro Ronaldo, and he's diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. and um just to see what he goes through and it, it kind of shows like the trajectory of his career he got more successful calling all these big time boxing mat- matches um, and working for WWE, but still going through uh, a lot of these episodes. And it just it's kind of like inspiring to see that because I'm sure there's another uh, bipolar kid out there that wants to achieve something, but probably sees that he can or he or she can't because of their, you know, their, their disease, I guess yeah. you want to call it a, a disease. And I think it's very inspiring. Yeah, yeah no, totally. It's, I it was, mean, it's very interesting. It's It's kind of like that, you know, you can't be what you can't see you know, mentality is, it's sometimes hard. Like, uh, who was it recently? I think it was, like, Billie Eilish was talking about having, I think it was Asperger's or Tourette's or, you know, I don't want to, like, mis- you know, misquote her illness. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's super important to, ha- like, talk about those things openly. I think it really does affect people. And Cake? Cake. Um, I think it's important because, like, you know, you probably get this as, like, a person of color. It's, like, you grew up, you know, never seeing, like, like, brown people in cartoons or brown people in this or brown, you know, it's, like, you just kind of, you're kind of like, oh, that's not a lifestyle that exists. You know, like, and it's not even that you actively are like, oh, so that doesn't exist in the world, but it's a passive thing. It just like kind of goes, it gets into your brain and you're just like, I've never seen a lifestyle like mine. So mine must be wrong. You know, it's like, and it's not that those stories don't exist. It's just like, we're telling one story and there's, you know, 40 fucking thousand stories, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the EP is Ow. Mm-hmm. Ow. And like the exclamation of pain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both 
it kind of has a, a literal and figurative meaning mm-hmm. because you, you go through stuff. It's yeah. kind of, it's, it's pain, but mm-hmm. it's not physical pain. It's no. emotional pain. Well, I think right? it's, you know, when I was thinking about it and when I was, I, I don't remember exactly how I ended up choosing the name, but um, yeah, I think I kind of write when I'm teaching, like have to teach myself something emotionally or, you know, whatever it is. And I think what I was learning is like to kind of validate my own pain and, and, uh, like say to my you know like if I had a broken leg and I was like I can't come into work I have a broken leg everyone would respect that you know what I mean it's like oh yeah of course you can't come into work you have a broken leg but it's like if I'm telling my my friend like I can't come out tonight like I'm having really bad anxiety like I convince myself like no you're just being an asshole like you should go you should go see your friend and it's like of course I should I should go see my friend but it's like you only have so much capacity and it's kind of like if going and seeing your friend is the thing that's going to help, do it. But if it's not, you know what I mean? The same way you wouldn't tell your friend with a broken leg, like, oh, you should, yeah, you should just go see your friend. Like, maybe your friend can come to you. Or, like, finding different compromises and, uh, you know, in learning how to, like, externalize your internal pain. You know, like, things that are as simple as being, like, if I can't text my friends back, I promise I'm okay. Like, I sound, <laughs> sound like, really, this is just something I have to think about a lot. Because it, it's a life, it's a lifestyle, and it's, you know, it's like a lifestyle. Uh, no, it's it's just something that, you know... As you live with, you have to learn. We all have to learn how to how to cope as we grow up. And like, even just texting my friends, being like, "Hey, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just, you know, really, really stressed right now. We're a little overwhelmed. You know." I like getting those messages from people. Right. Well, it makes you feel better. Like Mm -hmm. people aren't ignoring you. Because I know it's like if my friend who you know who I love like isn't like there's some friends that you know it's like if they if they're not texting me back like I know why. But there are others where I'm like if they're if they're not talking to me for you know two weeks, which sometimes you know I go like I have like. 58 unread text messages that drives my girlfriend crazy she's like can't you just answer the text and i'm like no because i want to like read them and give them the attention they deserve and if i open them like, then bitch I where you at <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's just uh you know like yeah just letting people know like this is where i'm at right now you know and if they don't respect that or if they don't understand that it, it's kind of like all you can do is try to educate people or you know maybe they're just like not the right it's not the right time for you guys to be friends you know yeah. like you gotta you gotta protect yourself and you gotta protect others Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, That's great. Um, so you, you grew up with music all around you. you I know, did. With, with, your, with your family and all that stuff and yes. your dad being in third base. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. the kind of music that, you know, hip-hop music was yeah. probably all around you. Mm-hmm. Did you feel connected to hip-hop music? Um, yeah, in a way. I mean, it, it was kind of the, the culture of New York and the culture of my family. Uh, you know, my mom was, was somewhat involved with music as well, was a huge music fan. Um and I think I, you know, it's like there's not a lot of. Ah, it's not even that. I don't want to say that. It's like there. I do take certain things away from hip hop in my music. Like something that I got from hip hop that people always point out to me is like whenever I'm doing like punk like yelling and shit. Like I always do a harmonized spoken vocal, which is something that I definitely like. I didn't realize was such a takeaway for me, but you know, it was kind of like they're just little production tricks. Like sampling. I used to love skits. I used to love like, you know, just sort of all the, the, that kind of mentality and that ideology of just like. Like hip hop is like like the original DIY, and you know, like well, DIY is DIY. It's all it. You know, the thing that's so interesting is it's like in. What do you think about it? Going back even further, the blues. Yeah. Just guys just playing. Yeah. I'm sad about something. The white man told me <laughs> down, so I'm just gonna play. Yeah. And you know, if y'all gonna listen, y'all gonna listen. Exactly. I mean, it's it's for you, and I think you know, hip hop. It created something from nothing. Absolutely. I'm very congested a little bit. Oh, so. that's okay. it's, it's, I'm on I'm in, I'm on industrial allergy medication. Um, industrial. Industrial. I had to like go to a specific doctor, and they were like, they literally were like, your nose is too small. And I was like, so what you're saying is I have like a button nose? Uh, no, but uh, were you auditioning for something? No, I, I, I literally was like, <laughs> was I auditioning? It sounds like it, right? No, but uh, I was. Uh, I had to go to, like, an ENT. I've just been having, like, fucking, like, awful allergies. Um, and I thought I was, like, I'm, uh, I just was, like, I'm dying. I'm never going to be able to sing again, you know. And they're just, like, no, you're just, like, really bizarrely congested. And so I have to take, like, crazy meds. I have to do, like, the nasal spray. I feel like the girl from Ned's Declassified who's, like, all the time. Susie. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Lisa. Lisa yeah, Zemo. Lisa Zemo. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, gold star. What were you talking about? Hip-hop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a long story short, it's like I still love classic hip hop. I like I feel like yeah, I I I've taken away from it in my own way, but to be honest, it was like my mom was always listening to the Smiths and the Cure and all these kind of singer-songwriters and that was really where I started to be like, ooh, you know. Like I remember we used to take these really long road trips when I was a kid, um, from Long Island to Florida. We had this van, we had this like sick 
Falcon family van. And my parents, like, put a TV in it and we put a GameCube in it. And there was a PlayStation. And my brother and my sister and I would, like, stay up and, like, play video games. And I remember, like, after everyone went to sleep in the van, I would, um, like, lay on the floor. And, you know, we'd be on these, like, long night drives. And my dad uh, would drive while my mom was asleep and he would always listen to Prince. And he would listen to, like, just, like, all of these amazing, like... I, re- I remember Lolita by Prince very specifically. Like, ha- like listening to that song, like, up on the floor and, like, feeling like I was, like... I feel like I was doing something wrong. Like, I was like, I shouldn't be hearing this. But I was, like, so excited about it. And then my mom would always listen to The Smiths and The Cure and, and like, Mazzy Star and, you know, all of these, like, you know, alternative, like, new wave records and um, just kind of having very specific takeaways from both of those. Um, and then when I was a teenager, like, I found, like, Riot Girl, um, so, like, Bikini Kill specifically, and I, I loved Hole and you know, started kind of listening to, like, in, like indie rock <laughs> and uh, and Riot Girl Punk, and that was kind of what felt like for me, you know, my thing. I think growing up in a music family is amazing because I grew up, you know, I grew up seeing music as, like, a viable career. Like, I was like, okay, this is a way that people can live, you know, in a way that I think a lot of kids that don't grow up with that, you know, just, just don't even really see it that way. Um, but I didn't even really think that I could make music until I was a lot older than maybe some kids are when they start playing. Um it's it's so it's a weird one it's very it's interesting but those are kind of I feel like that's kind of my family thing is like you know hip-hop was my dad's like new wave was my mom's and like finding out what what like my thing was yeah yeah I think I had a similar Mm -hmm. upbringing oh really because my my dad would play uh like Biggie around us okay yeah (laughs) when we were young so I would hear I know the lyrics to warning because of my dad oh really so he'll he'll play it real low and then he'll say to my uncle I don't want my kids hearing that but I'm hearing every word so he was like, just saying. like turn it down, and they won't understand yeah, just it. To like a like to like <laughs> two in the car, so to a two decibel level, a negative two. That's like <laughs> I'm hearing all the lyrics. The bass is heavy. Who the fuck is this? Page me at five forty six in the morning. <laughs> like I just that's in my head because my dad would always play. Like you know, I can hear this. But like shit. you're like you're like whispering it. It's like really quiet. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and then like that would be like. So how do you know the worst it is? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing I love about parents is like. It's, like, uh, they'll play you some, like, oh, fuck, I forgot what record it was that my dad brought home. It was, like, some, like, old, like, dance record. And he, like, you know, it's, like, we, we grew up on that stuff. And he's, like, what the fuck you know about this? Like, I'm, like, I you've played it my whole life. Like, exactly. of course I know. Like, exactly. yeah, they're, like, well, how do you know this song? I'm, like, because you, I know you. Like, I've met you. You know what I mean? It's always fun. <laughs> I've met you. I, yeah, I've, like, met you a couple times. So, like, I, yeah, I've heard it. You know what I mean? It's funny. Weezer was your first favorite oh, band? Yeah. Oh yeah, how did mm-hmm. you know? Did I say that somewhere? All right. Uh, yeah, I, I threw, I threw it Weezer. out there. I just I threw lo- it out you just, you just, you were like, "Here's a wild Weezer. guess." Yeah, Weezer. <laughs> yeah, I fucking loved Weezer. Weezer was my, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I had like a CD player in my room when I was a kid, and it was like the like Bratz or Rock Angels CD. I don't know if that's your genre, but uh, it was like this, these dolls. I remember the, I remember Bratz. The Bratz yeah, dolls. Of course. So they, there was like a line of Bratz dolls that they all played in, in a band. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. They, they made, yeah, they made like a, an actual CD, um, and I had the, Bra- the Bratz Rock Angels CD. I Natasha Bedingfield. I had Weezer's Blue album, and I had like some party mix that my mom. I made. got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. I got a pocket full of sunshine. But like great. the deep cuts too. I listened to that thing like front to back. Like holy shit! She's yeah. putting out a new album this month. Is she? Yep. Natasha. She came I mean, through my job to do a. Where do you work? I work at really? Intercom. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Natasha, good for her. That that rules. I mean, I hope it's good. I want to hear it. Me too. But I mean, I haven't like followed her career or anything. I just remember loving those songs, and I remember like when I was playing with toys in my room, I would make up these like elaborate storylines, like to go with, you know, whatever the the song was playing on my mom's like mix, whatever. But yeah, I had the blue album, and then I I think I got a little older and I got Pinkerton. But yeah, like I remember like you know early days of like. Um, being allowed on the internet and like watching the music video for Island in the Sun and I was like whoa <laughs> I was like this is a perfect song <laughs> yeah I loved loved Weezer um we used to do a sweater song cover in our in our set which you would know if you'd come to a show wow <laughs> Mia wow I'm just okay. a, I'm, yeah I'm just a dick uh no but it was that was a really fun one and and I think <laughs> just pass the cake just pa- okay just All right. pass the cake yeah you're like I'll just <laughs> yeah um we used, to, we used to do a sweater song cover. It was really fun. And then um, my bandmates, when I was like, do you think we should do, like, a Weezer? Can we do this Weezer cover? They were like, no. They were like, Mia, no. That's silly. And then I was like, I think we should do it. And we did it. And it was great. And it was always – the thing that I loved about it was that everyone knew the first – the opening notes of it. 
So it's like, I would be like, we're going to do a cover. Like, you know this one, blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't say that. But, you know, I'd be like, we're doing a cover. And then I'd play the opening notes and people were like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just one of those songs that, like, just takes you back, man. Yeah. Like, you just go right back to being 12. I think uh, video games mm-hmm. put me onto a lot of music. Really? Yeah. I'm actually a big gamer. That's something people don't know about me. Amazing. See, now, oh, you went to NYU. There's a lot of... Um, I went to NYU. I was yeah. actually not involved with games at all when I was at NYU, but yeah. I had one game friend who put one of my songs in a game, and it was really it was really sweet. What game? Um, well, she made this game about driving her little sibling around, mm-hmm. um, and was like, we have a song called You Him, and she very generously was like, this song sounds like uh, Tunic by Sonic Youth. I was like, no, it does not, but thank you. And she put it in the, in the driving game, because she's like, oh, that's what I used to listen to when I was driving them to school. Um... And I was just like playing this little little tiny driving game with my song in it and like listening to my own song in the car. But what games did you play growing up? So I would say as far as one of the games that kind of put me onto a lot of music was the soundtrack, the Tony Hawk's Underground. Mm. There was Quasimodo, there was mm-hmm. Queens of the Stone Age, there was there was Nas. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the fuck is all this shit? And oh it's it's amazing. All this stuff is like it blows my mind. And yeah, I play a lot say, of yeah the Tony Hawk games. They say uh, "Roses Are Red" by Lizard Blue, Tony Hawk Pro Skater too. Oh That's yeah. All. Anyway, yeah. nobody says that. I but just said that. Underground's the best one in my opinion. I don't remember Underground super well. Well, you had you had GameCube, right? Yeah. GameCube, PlayStation. We had yeah. like every console growing up. We were like very spoiled in that way. And my, so there's my, no way you did not have Tony Hawk's Underground. We probably had it. I just don't, I don't think I played it. It's the best skateboarding game like of all time. I was very into like RPGs mostly. Like I loved like games with the storyline and like I don't know. I was I was a. Did you play Kingdom Hearts? Oh, I loved Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother, and my sister, and I were. Bi- we actually went to. Um, in Orlando, all too recently, the, the new Kingdom Hearts is coming out, and they... Um, it's already out. It's already out? It's already out. Is it yeah. out? Mm-hmm. See, this I is the it. thing, is I don't have a console in New York at all, oh. so I, like, I can't play anything anymore unless it's on my... Unless it's, like, an emulator, or, like, I put it on my... I only have one game on my computer right now. What game? Uh, Gone Home. What's <laughs> that? played it. It was actually a very controversial game in the game community, um, because... Men hate women. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, well, it's this game. <laughs> it's this game about, uh, it's like a, I mean, I love games that I can get, like, really lost in, like, really invested in. Mm-hmm. It's this game about, you're this girl, it's like a first-person, like, exploration game, and you go to Europe for a year, and then you come back from Europe, um, and find that, like, no, you're in a new house, it's, like, about this family that moves to Seattle in the 90s, and you're in this new house, and you don't, you, you don't know where your sister or your parents are, and so you get home from the airport, and you find this note on the door, like, Katie, like, don't come looking for me, blah, 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 from your sister Sam, and you literally have to go through this creepy-ass giant house, and, like, find all these hints about, like, what happened to your sister, and it's actually this really beautiful game, and it's, like, a gay love story, and there's, there's, like, Heavens to Betsy is in it, and there's, like, original Riot Girl music, like, contributed to it, it was, Sick. And they talk about Street Fighter, which was one of my other favorite games growing up. Like, it's it's a really good game, but, like, men in the game community were like, this isn't a game because you don't get a choice in, like, how to play it and blah, blah, blah. And I, it was just a very silly argument that was, like, just a cover for, like, this is a game about women. <laughs> and it's, like, doesn't have – I don't know. It was, it was really silly. And, I, like, one of my favorite comments about it was just, like – um, fuck. It was like, uh, he's like, the only person I feel bad for in this game is the dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so impressed by the lack of self-awareness. Like, I, I, it's just a sweet, good, it's like a good, wholesome game. And it, like, presents itself as this very creepy game. Like, you, you know, you're in this house and, like, the lights are flickering, but it's so clever. Like, you know, and there's just things, there's details that if you don't really look around, you won't ever find. Like, you know, there's, like, all these flickering lights in the house and there's this, like, you know, sheet like sheet of paper in like a drawer somewhere that like is like the electrical bill, and it's like we don't know what's wrong with the house. Like it's just very, it's so smart, um, and it's just a sweet story. Like it's not super easy to replay, but I like come back to it like every couple years and just like play it all the way through. And I really, I love, I love it. I love that game. I have very fond feelings for that game. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love yeah. video games. Anyway. Me too. Uh, we could talk all day about games. Yeah, we could. I played uh, Ratchet and Clank a lot on mm-hmm. PS2. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite games ever. Amazing, great story. Uh, Jack and Daxter, mm-hmm. lots of Halo. Um, I actually played in a Halo tournament. Came really? Second place. Yeah. I played in a Smash tournament once. Oh yeah. When I was pretty young, yeah. My How'd you bro- do? I did okay. I think I made it two rounds, and then I lost. And I was like, I was maybe eleven, and I lost to this like dude who was maybe thirty-four, and I like got upset and like because I like almost won and I like banged the controller on the on the table and he was like, "That is my controller," <laughs> like he got so and I was like. 
I just wanted to like me and now if I could go into my 11 year old body and just be like <laughs> and just look at this man and be like I'm 11 like I would what is this for uh this was uh brawl this was melee it was melee this was me yeah. this was yeah I mean this was this okay. is the GameCube the GameCube one but have you ever played Psychonauts that's my favorite game yeah, of all time it's a great game that is my favorite game of all time wow yeah I it's, love um, that game. It's, it's very good I just tried to, I, well, I tried to show it to my girlfriend recently who like did not grow up she like she grew up cool um so, so you brought your PS2 here no, in New York no I didn't actually well I, I there is a version of that on an emulator it used to be on my old computer and I don't I just haven't re-downloaded it, but I I started telling my girlfriend about it because I was like I just remembered it and got so excited, and I tried to like watch like walkthroughs of it with her, and you know she was just like uh huh like <laughs> was trying to be so so sweet about it like was so nice about it, and I was just like no like I promise like it's like you know she was she was interested in it and was like engaged, but I think you know she was like we should just like play the game you know and she's like I don't want to watch the game and I was like but 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 I want to watch it yeah that's they're making another game. one I know. Yeah. Oh, I have followed that closely over the years. I mean, it's crazy because I think the first time I found out, I found out about that game, I was really little and it scared me. I like watched once I watched my brother play it and it was so scary. And then I got a little older and then I played it and I loved it. And I come back to it every now and then and I'm just like, oh, so fucking ready. For Did you ever one. play Alien Hominid? No, what is that? It's it's about it came out. I think it was what 2005, 2006, okay. 2005. Yeah, you're you're this little green alien and it's a side scroller. Mm. And you're with this little human boy, and you're just kind of just taking down the the government because they're trying <laughs> to capture you because you're an alien. Oh god! Yeah, it's amazing. Do you like bad video games, like really bad ones? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because this is reminding me Give so. Give me like, an so, example. But it's just, this game ever, is amazing. That's but, no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure it is. I wasn't saying this. Mm-hmm. It just reminded me of um when you were saying that. It's about it's called uh, Bad Dude versus the Ninja. No. It's like a terrible. It's like a very poorly made game. It's like an impossible to be. I used to like go into these YouTube like you know things where I would watch like. With things about bad video games and it's this game about you're like a dude who literally just has to fight a bunch of ninjas to save the president yeah and then you win you if you win the game and it's like a really hard game it's just like this pixelated cutscene of like a, like a president so like a white dude and he's like ha, 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 let's go get a burger and that's like a whole <laughs> game it's like you do all this dumb shit so that the president can buy you a burger and actually and when i first when i first got a ps2 mm-hmm. there was a i think at target there was like a five game pack it came with Crash Bandicoot. Crash Rath- Bandicoot. Yeah, it came with Wrath of Cortex. It came with mm-hmm. uh, Midnight Club. Came with uh, what else did it come with? I totally forgot. Can I have the last bite? What? Yeah, oh, of course. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it came with this game Wave Rally. It was it Wave was a uh, yeah it was like a you're on a jet ski. It was very badly made. It was it was terrible. Out of all the water games, this was the worst. It was so bad. But me and my brothers played it a lot. Not a lot, but we we played it because that's you know. We didn't have a lot of games, yeah. but it was very bad. It was like exactly what you're talking about. Very What's badly the age made. Difference between you and your brothers. Uh, we're all stair step. So oh oh, two years, three years, the youngest. That's the same with my, well, sort of. My uh, sister's two years older than me, and my brother and I are 14 months. Oh, so three years older. How old is my sister? Oh my god, I suck. A little are you bit. the youngest? I'm the youngest. Yeah, I'm oh. a baby. So I was always, I was never player two. I was always the uh, the backseat gamer. But yeah. You had a GameCube, so you had four controllers. So there you go. Well, you could play sometimes. Smash, no problem. Yeah, we could play Smash, no problem. But I was always like, I'm, even when we were older, like my sister would play Portal, and um, we would never do the like tandem version. I don't know what, because we like. I never story. got into Portal. Oh, Portal's great. I did like Portal. I mean, I love complicated, like weird shit like that. I just find it so fascinating and also it was such a like brain workout because my sister would be playing and she'd be trying to figure out what to do and so i would just like sit like on the couch and i'd be like go from there to there <laughs> like i would just be like such a dick about it. i was like you're missing that and you should go from there and then you should do that and i would like i would have hated you i would have slapped you probably would have hated you. yeah you mm-hmm. probably would have but i was really good at it and then when i did play it i rocked so what other games did you play or what are, what are you mm-hmm. what are you playing now besides that I'm game you're talking about anything now no? i wish that i were a little bit more engaged um but also just like the game community has always been a little difficult. I mean, I was like a full nerd when I was really young, and I always felt a little like isolated and weird um, about it because I don't know. Like, I was the same way. Yeah, but I was a dick about it. I would bring my PlayStation magazine to class and like read about it and like oh. talk about it a lot. And people were like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was also this like balance of you know when I was like a tween, as you as as you do when you're in middle school, it's like that thing where you're like, I can't I can't talk about this because I want to be cool. But then it's also like if you do want to talk about it. Like, then there's that kind of, like, elitist gatekeeping of, like, well, I'm a girl. So it's, like, you know, certain dudes would be, like, oh, but do you really like that? Are you really interested in that? Like, is that actually, you know, how you feel about it? Do you actually know about this? And it's, like, sometimes I did and sometimes I didn't. And then when I didn't, I felt so dumb that I would just, like, kind of, I just kind of, like, coalesced. Back into your shell. Out of it. Yeah, like, I was just kind of, like, well, this is a thing that I I keep to myself and I'll, you know, I'll do. And, like, lately I've, I've been talking about it a little more and a little bit more, like, excited to 
jump back into playing games. But yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for the new Psychonauts whenever the fuck it's coming out. Yeah. Um, what about Beyond Good and Evil? Have you played that? Mm-mm. It's one of those games that's very experimental and okay. it's um, it's very pretty looking. There's a female lead okay. um, and it's very challenging. It's not very straightforward, but I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that yeah. too. It's very good. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, your new EP, September 6th, mm-hmm. Al. Al. Um, so, what are your plans going forward? Like, do you want to put out a full-length album, or are you just going to go EP, EP, EP? Um, I think we're going to work on an album. I don't know. I don't have enough intro about it yet to say anything mm-hmm. concretely, but I think I think we're working towards an album, which is cool. We have some songs that we're probably going to do a couple more singles um, in the near future. So, hopefully album soon. Yeah, lots of shows, hopefully, before then. Um, and just, like, playing... We're we're doing, like, a whole new set list for Owl that I'm super excited about. It's kind of different than anything we've ever done. And um, so I'm excited to put that show together. And we're playing our release on September 15th. So Where? that'll be good on At Baby's All Right. Yeah. yeah. I love Baby's All Right. And we're headlining. We've never headlined. Oh, um, good. Yeah, good. we've never headlined Babies ever. We played there once before. I was really... That was really fun. Yeah, our first show at Babies we played with... Um, we played, we, played, we played with B Miles, Hook, and this band called Goth Babe, and it was sold out. And I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like my first time at Babies, I was like, <laughs> "You're, you're going to sell this out." I hope so. You'll sell it out. Like, I put that mm-hmm. good energy into the into yep. the universe. I really want that because I see how people were. Resp- I see you post like people listening to your songs. You'll sell it out. Aww. That kind of reaction you get, that kind of like connection you're you're starting to build with people, you're going to sell this bitch out. <laughs> I'm going to sell this bitch out. Oh, I yeah. mean, I that is something that I get a lot of like enjoyment out of is it's it's weird i don't know like something that i realized as like a music fan and and just a person who like has certain artists that i'm just like i love you so much is like i never express that you know on social media like it's like something i talk about in real life where i'm like i love you know mitski i love like mitski is like one of the reasons i started making music i love mitski but it's like i've never told i've never posted that i've never told mitski that you know what i mean and it's like obviously she's a big artist and so you know she's not even gonna hear it if i do but like for an artist like me you know i think what people don't realize is like if they say that about if they say something about me like i found this post um recently but i missed about heavy heavy and someone was like asking this other person questions and they were like what's your favorite you know your top five favorite songs right now and they were like heavy heavy but times five and i just thought that was so sweet like it was so sweet and i you know that's the kind of stuff that it's just like i get nervous about saying stuff like that about artists i like and i think people don't realize that like when i do hear that it's like i don't my reaction is just like thank you like what i'm doing reaches people and it you know it you like it enough to you know to say that anywhere um so it's I, I it's really nice to see how people are reacting. It's been really cool. Yeah. So tell me about your cheerleader. The cheerleader persona. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think growing up, um, especially when I was in Florida, I think is when I noticed it most, and that was maybe when I was thirteen to eighteen. Um, it was just I went to this one particular school. It was very like all American. It was a uh, you know I started in public school and I was bullied out of public school i went to like florida public school first of all is appalling uh is really appalling like mad pedophiles for teachers like lots of like i mean i was in middle school i was in like eighth grade with a kid who was 17 you know or not yeah not eighth grade younger than that i was in like seventh grade with a kid who was who was 17 and you know was still in eighth grade it's just like a really bad public school system it doesn't really care for its students and the teachers like the only like if you're ap if you're an ap teacher you get a commission based on how many kids pass your ap exam so of course they have incentive to like be good teachers everyone else are just getting paid whatever so they don't have any intent like they don't have incentive not that just because you know financial incentive should be your incentive to teach you should teach because you fucking want to teach kids but it was like a horrible public school system and so i ended up being homeschooled for two years and then um, you know, did that thing when I was 15 of like, I want to be a normal teenager. Um, I want to go to prom. Um, and so I, you know, asked my parents, like, can I go back to school? And they were like, yeah, but they were so horrified by that whole public school experience that they were like, okay, listen, we'll find a way to send you to like a better school. Um, because my parents are awesome. And, and they, um, sent me to this private school and it was just this, like, everyone was really pretty and really rich and really like, just, it was just such a like manicured, like all of those TV, like Riverdale and like, uh, like Pretty Little Liars, like all those shows about these like teenagers that all look 45 and like have perfect hair and makeup. But, like that was my school. And so the cheerleaders, you know, were these kind of like intimidating figures for me. Um, I was like, you know, it's funny also because as a brown person, <laughs> uh, like 
our features were not considered beautiful until, to be honest, like the Kardashians and like all of that crazy shit happened. That's a whole other thing. Oh, it's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But like suddenly eyebrows and lips and and, like butts butts were mainstream. And it's like, what? who has those features? Like ethnic people. You know what I mean? It's just all of these features that, you know, that like the Kardashians are like, I want to, you know, I want to look like that. Suddenly, like I had them and the girls in my school were like, you know what? I think it's actually kind of pretty, you know? Right. And so I, I grew up as like an ugly duckling, you know, so I'm I'm very like, you know, I'm like very into like owning that I'm, I'm attractive now. That was a, that's a relatively new thing. For me, me too. So, yeah. Right. It's like it's like <laughs> but it's I harder. It's different hot, for women. Think, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's I mean, it's different, but it's still like I definitely see a lot of like my friends of color and like people who are not white, like owning themselves more and getting more comfortable just being like, this is me. This is my version of beautiful. This is my culture. Like, this is what I like, you know, but when I was in when I was in middle school and high school like early high school i mean i would like draw fucking freckles on myself and you know dress like the other, you know all the other girls even though it's like it wasn't right for my body it wasn't right for you know me it didn't feel like me but it was like that was the standard beauty was like 17 magazine you know that was like all you saw was that you know you have to look like this and there was nothing for my hair and there was nothing for my body and there's nothing for my face you know my colors um so cheerleaders were kind of these like like figures for me of these just like really intimidating girls who were like all powerful like i still get so intimidated by like beautiful women like not even just as like a gay person but like as a human like if like a beautiful person like wants to be my friend like someone that i think is like really conventionally beautiful i still sometimes i'm like uh like i don't i don't deserve to talk to you like it's a really weird it's this really weird thing with like feminine beauty standards that i just still feel like a relative amount of separation from and like that character. I mean, I, I started Pom Pom Squad, the band, like, right after I finished high school um, and was kind of, like, when I was 17, I, I really started kind of figuring out who I was and, and owning myself and my aesthetic. And weirdly, one of the things that helped me was social media because Instagram became pretty big when I was still in high school. You know, like, I didn't have an, an Instagram freshman year. I had an Instagram maybe maybe sophomore, junior year. And then my uh, junior year, I started my, like, personal Instagram and, and, like, you know, curated it. I, like, grew up on, like, Rookie Mag and, like, all of those things that I you know, loved in this kind of, like, alternative aesthetic that, like, literally has become the mainstream commercial aesthetic because Petra Collins was, like, the highest-paid photographer for... You know, I might... I mean, I like speaking to a boy. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Nope. Okay. So Rookie Mag was this magazine for... It was, like, not a magazine, but it was a, an, a blog for teenage girls, started by a teenage girl. It was this amazing, amazing thing. And it it recently got shut down, which is so sad because I, I feel so bad for future teenage girls it was like the thing that got me through high school because they would talk about things like starting band or they would talk about things like you know i don't do drugs but it's like i remember reading this article about like if you're going to do drugs here's how to do it safely and i remember just finding that really impressive because i was like okay like teenage girls are doing these things but nobody's telling them like you know 17 magazine was like how to impress your crush like how, like if johnny's outside on the basketball court like go steal his hat you know what i mean like all that kind of stuff that for me was just like, I don't want to do that. Like, that seems that seems silly to me. You know, like all of these things, like how to have the best Halloween hookup. And like Rookie Mag was like, you know, here's what here's what the Riot Girl movement is. Like, here's I had this, here's that. And it was all these girls making, like doing art and photography and poems and writing these really thoughtful pieces. And like there were certain girls that I think anonymous, anonymously would do their diary entries every week and you could read about their lives. And it was like girls who were queer and like women of color and like all just all of these different people. And it was so inspiring for me at the time because I'd never seen anything like that. And I remember one of the prominent aesthetics and this thing that was kind of a criticism, like not a criticism, but like crit- like criticizing something by depicting it uh, in a weirder you know, I'm trying to think of like a good example of this, but like one of the archetypes that came up a lot was the cheerleader um, because it was this thing by and for teenage girls. And like you watch an 80s movie, you watch TV, you watch the high school, whatever, like the cheerleader is this is this character. Um, and I found myself really fascinated by that. And, you know, I hated my high school so much and I hated being in high school so much that Rookie Mag and looking at these criticisms of high school and these kind of like macabre, like campy versions of high school in movies made me learn to love it and teach myself to find it really beautiful and fascinating because it was like I was like split brain like part of me was like living inside the experience and the other part of me was like taking it all in I used to be like an obsessive journaler like it just was this whole kind of double experience of like experiencing high school and like experiencing myself experiencing high school (laughs) um and I had my one best friend and this was just something that we really engaged in together and we made our lexicon of like movies and music and aesthetics and um I became really fascinated with like what the cheerleaders represented and what that represented in my macabre version of high school is, am I using macabre the right way? I don't know. I don't know anymore. If I'm not, somebody correct me. But that was my that was my version of high school. And so when I made Pom Pom Squad and, and was 
kind of looking through all these aesthetics, it was my version of criticizing the all-American figure, you know, and when I started it, I was, like, really fascinated. I loved, like, L.A. punk. I loved, like, surf rock, and I really wanted to be, like, on Burger Records. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because when I came to New York, um, I met this girl from California, and she was talking to me about Burger, and I was like, oh, my God, it was so cool to me that someone, like, had experienced it firsthand and, like, knew it. And she was treating me like I was the lamest person alive. Like, she was just like, yeah, I guess, like, I guess it's cool that I've met this person. Like, yeah, I get, like, they're just people, you know what I mean? And, of course, to me, like, they felt like these massive, you know, like, statues of my teenage experience. Um, You know, and when I started to play shows, which was kind of something I fell into, it was this sort of uncomfortable thing. Like, I would find cheerleading uniforms and stuff at thrift stores, and, like, I'd buy them as kind of, like, a joke to myself of, like, ah, yes, this is a, you know, a little memoriam of, like, my high school weirdness and my high school whatever, and I loved, like, Letterman jackets and that kind of, like, 50s Americana aesthetic. And I remember the first time I wore it on stage, it was, like, very uncomfortable, actually, to, like, look at myself in the mirror. And, like, the way... I remember, like, walking down the street on the way to a show wearing, like, a, you know, a cheerleading skirt and the way that I was perceived and the way that older men would look at me was such a, such a strange, uncomfortable thing. Um, and it, it just kind of, it makes me think a lot about the way that teenage girls are perceived in the world and the pressure that's put on them and the, this kind of beauty myth about teenage girls of like, that's your prime when you're 17. It's like, nobody's in their fucking prime when they're 17. That's bullshit. Nobody. Somebody told me you're not going to prom. You're going to regret it. I'm like, no, no, I want my prom experience fucking sucked. Like I I didn't even go to mine. Yeah. I went to mine and I looked, I I mean, I looked beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was the best part. I like that. I got ready and I, like I liked the way that I looked. But I went with somebody I didn't know. It's actually a funny story. I went with someone I didn't know and he really, like, he asked me out, like, kind of oddly. Like, I had decided I wasn't going to go to prom. And then he was, like, he was, like, the stage crew and I used to, like, act. And he was, like, uh, oh, I really need help recording this song. Like, you play guitar. You know, you play guitar. Can you play guitar on this? And I was, like, sure. And we had, like, a recording studio class in college, or not in college, in high school. And he, like invited me into, like, the recording hall, and I saw him, like, walk across the hallway with, like, he didn't know I was there, and I saw him walk across the hallway with, like, a bouquet of flowers, and I was like, oh, fuck, he's gonna ask me to prom. And then, of course, like, he's like, so, before we start recording, and I was like, uh-huh, and he's like, I just have to ask you, I was like, uh-huh, and he's like, do you wanna go to prom with me? And he pulls out the flowers. It's like, I wasn't really gonna go to prom. And then he just, like, looked at me with these, like, huge puppy dogs. He's like, but, like, would you? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go to prom. And so I, like, Went to prom with him, and he, like, was really obsessed with Game of Thrones. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I have no interest in watching Game of Thrones. The whole fucking time he talked about Game of Thrones. And, like, the no whole time. Way. No the way. The whole time. No way. The whole time. And then we, like, I remember, like, I wanted, there's one song that I wanted to play at prom, and I don't remember what, I think it was Boom Clap by Charlie XCX. I was like, this is the only song in my taste range that would likely play at prom. Like, I was just like, this is, if I have to ask for one reasonable thing, it's that this song plays at prom, and I get to, like, dance with my best friend to this song. And it didn't play. And I remember we got in the car. And, and I said, I was like, oh, I'm just kind of sad that song didn't play. I really want to hear that song. I don't know why it was that song. But we get in the car, and the first thing that comes on the radio is Boom Clap by Charlie XCX. What? And I was like, oh, my God, this song is playing. He turns the radio down. He turns it down. He takes his fingers on the knob. He turns it down. And then he starts talking about Game of Thrones. No way. Yes. Unbelievable. He was talking about Game of Thrones. And I... It was an hour drive home. It was an hour drive. And so many good songs played on the radio. And he, it was just all, like, it was, a, it was Biggie negative 2 DB. And <laughs> he just talked and talked and talked. And he was really sweet. He was really sweet. But just kept fucking talking to me. He's like, you need to watch Game of Thrones. I was like, I don't really think I do. And then we got to my house and my parents were moving. We, had, we were moving on prom night. And to New York? Like, to, no, 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 to like another house in Florida. Oh, okay. We were, like, moving out. Of, we were, like, in a rental house. We were moving out of this rental house. And we get to my place. I get out of the car. I fall and trip in the driveway. And he has to, like, pick me up. And I was like, I'm, f- I'm fine. Thank you so much. Like, bye. Have a good night. And my parents were like, oh, no. We just packed the whole car. And there's no room for you in the car. Do you think your prom date could drive you the other hour home? And he did. For another hour. I had to be in the car with him for another hour. Talking about Game of Thrones? Talking about Game of Thrones. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, so that was my prom God. story. Basically, like, high school was hilarious. It was so funny that's but it miserable just, it was miserable it was it's like it's a it's a great story now i think i had like one good home i, I had a i used to have boyfriends which is hilarious um but <laughs> <laughs> i had a i had a boyfriend uh for most of high school and who was very sweet and, and i cared about a great deal and I, we went to like the, our my my first two homecomings together 
went to like his homecoming and my homecoming and then uh we like i i like we like broke up my senior year and so i went to like one homecoming with my friend and that was like the best school dance ever it was just me and my best friend like everybody left and we were just like dancing like fucking freaks in the middle like we were just like flailing like just doing dumb shit like that was that that's the best high school moment you know what i mean and i think you like get told like it's like prom or it's like you know all these dumb things it's like everybody who's been through high school knows that it's like not prom and if it is prom you probably suck now just kidding but maybe not uh yeah i mean anyway back to the whole my whole philosophy about art or whatever point being like it's super weird to depict myself like as a queer like brown girl as like the all-american cheerleader you know what i mean and one of my mentors kind of put it to me best he was like you're really interesting because in life you're kind of soft-spoken and you, you keep to yourself and then you dress like a cheerleader and then you go on stage and you yell at everybody and i was like yeah like it's it's just kind of that i'm the same way because <laughs> i don't I, i'm very to myself in in the outside world but when i get on here mm-hmm. let my freak flag fly well yeah i mean mm. it's just kind of like we all come up with ways of coping with the world and like I just, like, I used to be a very contained person. Like, I just have a lot of trouble. Like, I think too much, so I just end up doing nothing. You know what I mean? And that was, like, especially when I was acting. Like, that was my world. And now it's, like, in creating this weird character version of myself that I get to play and and dress up as and whatever. Like, it helps me understand myself better. It helps me understand what I want better. It helps me speak up for myself better. Because it's, like, that's what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? Like, that version of me, the show version of me, is what I'm capable of. And the life version of me can kind of take cues from, like, the stronger one. It's, like, a... It's just basically, like, you know, the kabuki theater version of myself. Like, the heightened version of myself. All right. This has been an amazing breakfast cake edition <laughs> of <laughs> my little underground um mia thank you so much thank you for, this has been amazing amazing conversation <laughs> uh where can people follow you on uh, the world um you Throughout can find us as pom pom squad on instagram and twitter pom pom squad sucks with an x on facebook um that's true that's not a joke uh and I know. yeah you're, you're like i know it's not a joke uh what else um we have another song coming out on i don't know when is this coming out this this episode do you know yes Okay, well, we have a song coming out on uh, August 28th. So It'll be out by then. It'll be out by then. Mm-hmm. So we have a song coming out that you'll hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Cherry Blossom, and I can tell you because it'll come out after. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, uh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And you could subscribe to My Little Underground, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and PeterAradio.com, anywhere else you get podcasts. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's Peter underscore A, and follow the show as well, at MOUPod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Later days. Bye.